How many of us are available to God this morning? Come on, put your hands together if you are available to God. We ought to be available to God every time we have an opportunity to worship. My soul is available to God. How many of us are available to God this morning? We ought to say, God, use me for your service. Use me, no God. This morning, even in the absence of our pastor, we want to acknowledge his absence. He had to go with our with first lady, Miss Murphy, to bury her, her uncle. And so this morning, we will be praying for our pastor in his absence. We want to thank the choir for the selection. Lord, I am available to you. No matter what, no matter what's going on in my life, I am available to you, God. No matter the circumstance of, that is happening in my life, I am available. That ought to be our prayer this morning. We ought to be, say to God that we are available to him every day because he's done so much for us than we could have done for ourselves. So we ought to give him praise whenever we enter into the sanctuary. The Bible said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And if you have breath this morning, you ought to open your mouth and begin to praise God for all that he's done for you. When I look back over my life and I see where he brought me from, I have a reason to give God the glory this morning. You ought to praise him from the top of your words. You ought to give him every praise this morning. You ought to say hallelujah in the highest because that's the highest praise that God desires from us this morning. So we ought to give him praise. Every time we make our way to the house of God, we ought to praise him. The Bible says praise him in the noonday. Praise him when the sun goes up. Praise him when the sun goes down. So we ought to praise God every time. Every time we ought to praise him. This morning, this morning, I want to share with you a familiar scripture that is found in Mark chapter 5. Beginning with verse 25. I'd ask that if you find it, please stand to your feet. Mark chapter 5. Beginning with verse 25. If you find it, say amen. If you haven't found it, say I'm looking for it. But I read for your hearing. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She, she has spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. 
Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thrown into you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your inflation. God, we thank you for your word that is about to go forward. We pray, to oh God, that you will remove me from the way, oh God. We pray, to oh God, that you, as your word go forward, God, that it will fall on felt as soil. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, oh God, my redeemer and my strength. Amen. Amen. You may have your seat. This morning from from this passage, I want to talk on the uh, topic desperate for a miracle. Desperate for a miracle. Sickness is a great interrupter of life. It enters without knocking. Sickness scatters all of our plans, marking the idea of certainty, diminishing hope for the future. Sickness intrudes like a buckler in our home, touching every part of our life. Such an interruption occurred to the woman in our text in Jesus' time. Her encounter with Jesus as told in Mark chapter 5. The incident takes place on a city street. It is a narrow, twisted street packed with crowd of excited people. The crowd isn't there to purchase gifts. They are there to get a glimpse of the man named Jesus. He walks like a king, and the common people spoke of him with deep affection. The beggars whispered his name softly. The children may have been heard thinking about Jesus. He is known to the, all diseases. His fame is trickled down the streets of forgotten men and women. It is this Jesus of Nazareth that I speak of. At the request of Jairus, Jesus, at the request of Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, Jesus is on his way to restore to health Jairus' dying daughter. He is on a mission to a mission of restoration, and the crowd is following him in order to see him perform this great miracle. Jesus' walk is interrupted by a sick woman. Her body is racked with pain 
Who is she? Tradition gave her various names, but I cannot tell you who she was. It, it doesn't matter anyway. Is it, is it not enough that she was a woman in pain? She is typical of countless cases of endless pain and suffering. The Bible says for 12 years she has suffered. She just wanted a relief from her pain and wanted to be restored back to health and wholeness. She has every reason to want to be healed. Her sickness, as any sickness, had a profound effect on her body. She felt the loss caused by her illness every day. In sickness, as in any battle, there are losses even for the victor. The pain, the uncertainty of illness usually amplify the sin of loss of experience by the victim. Among some of the losses that, that the pain brings is the loss of control. Suddenly the body, rather than obeying you, has its own agenda. It behaves in any way it pleases. It is like, a drive, it is like driving your car on an icy highway. And suddenly you hit a sleek of ice and you are out of control. You hit the brakes, twist the steering wheel, nothing helps. All you can do is wait for the crash. It is a sickening and helpless feeling to have. This was, this was an embarrassing situation of this woman. She had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Her body was out of control. Sickness brings loss of identity. Sick people become identified by their illnesses. It is interesting that this lady in our story isn't called by name. Simply a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years as the text describes her. We often speak of people and say she has cancer, she, he has AIDS, she suffers from manic depression. Sick people lose their identity in their sicknesses. One is no longer a person when they are sick. They are a person who had an illness, who is disfigured, who induced chronic pain, or who is dying. Not only does sickness bring loss of identity, but sickness also brings loss of certainty. With chronic illness, everything becomes contingent upon your health condition. Vacations are contingent upon how you feel. Just like this woman, the sickness had brought a level of uncertainty in her life. She did not know what to expect from day to day. Not only does this sickness bring loss of certainty, but sickness also brings loss of place in the society. When you are sick, you lose your place in the, in the society. Sickness often puts a strain on your relationship or on your job or on your family. Sick people feel better fit, 
better fit in the hospital with other sick people, but not in the healthy world. They don't fit in. This was how this woman felt. For 12 years, she had been bleeding. She, she did not feel like she fit into the society anymore. Sickness doesn't only bring loss of your place in the society, but it also brings with it loss of your resources. The Bible said this woman has spent everything that she had on her illness, wishing to get better. So every resources that she had, she has spent it from doctor to doctor, trying to find cure to her illness. She was financially bankrupt, emotionally spent, and physically weak. Not only does sickness bring loss of resources, but it also brings loss of hope. The most chilling part of this woman's life is that she had tried everything else. The Bible says she tried everything else. And nothing seemed to be working. But yet, instead of getting better, the Bible says she was getting worse. She had nothing to lose. So she decided that she was going to give Jesus a try. Sickness will make you do strange things. Pain can cause you to be so desperate. Not satisfied with conventional treatment, sick people may seek alternative treatment, unendorsed by traditional medicine. This woman in our text was willing to do anything to get her healing. Strangely, she heard that Jesus was coming by, and something awakens in her. This woman made a resolution to defy the Levitical code. The Levitical code tells you that if you are, you are bleeding, you become unclean and you cannot reach out and have public contact. But this woman decided that no matter how tough the crowd will be, if she can only reach out to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment, that's faith. Faith that I've never seen before. When your faith ought to work for you. The Bible said this woman said within herself, she made a resolution that if I can only touch the hem of his garment. She was not interested in meeting Jesus. All she was interested in was just touching the hem of his garment to be, to be made whole. When one is desperate for a miracle, they have three things must happen. Three things must happen when you're desperate for a miracle. One, you must be willing to give God a chance. You must be willing to give God a chance. The Bible said this woman had tried everything. She's tried traditional medicine. She's tried scientific medicine. Nothing seemed to be doing any good for her. Then she decided, I'm going to give Jesus a try. A songwriter says, I have tried everything that I could, and it seemed that nothing did me any good until I heard that Jesus was passing by. Then I decided to give him a try. 
This woman decided she was going to give Jesus a try because she has been bleeding for 12 years. And it seemed like nothing was helping her condition. When you are desperate for a miracle, you made your way to Jesus regardless who is looking. The Bible said that the cry was so great that she said to herself, I'm not trying to make my way through the crowd. All I'm trying to do is just reach out and touch the hem of his garment. When you have nothing else to depend on, then you depend on God. You depend on God. Not only do you give God a chance, but you must believe that God is able to hear you when you reach out to him. The Bible says, if you call on me in time of trouble, I will answer you. You see, this woman, this woman, the Bible doesn't tell us who she was, neither does the Bible tell her what her faith level was. But the Bible does tell us that this woman made a resolution within herself and said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. When is the last time that you made a resolution with your problems to say, if I can only reach out to Christ, I know that I will be made whole. Not only must you be willing to reach out to Christ, not only should you know that God will hear you when you pray, but you must be willing to take risks. You must be willing to take risks. You see, the Bible says that this woman, in the eyes of the Jewish people, was unclean because she had an issue of constant bleeding. But this woman said within herself, I have tried everything else. It seemed like nothing doing any good. So what do I have to lose? What do I have to lose? I, I, I have nothing else to lose, so I, I'm going to take the chance. Despite my circumstances, I'm going to take the chance and reach out to Jesus and see what Jesus can do for me. And the Bible says that this woman defied the Levitical code, reached out to Jesus and touched his garment. In the presence of God, you have to make time to spend, you have to make time available to spend time in the presence of God, the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or ever imagine. When you are desperate, you got to look up to the hills from whence coming your help. For all your help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. When you are desperate, you have to look up and see the Alpha and Omega, the, the beginning and the end. When you are desperate, you must press your way forward to the highest calling. When you are desperate, you must look towards the hills from whence all of my help come from. When I'm desperate, I look to Jesus, the lady of the valley. When I'm desperate, I look to Jesus, the bright and morning star. When I'm desperate, I look to, to Jesus Christ, on the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Yes, this woman was desperate. She was desperate for a solution to her problem. So she did not care what the crowd said. The Bible says she made her way 
to Jesus just to touch the hem of his garment. Desperation has a way of bringing you to Jesus. When one is desperate for a miracle, it doesn't matter who's looking or who's standing or who's in the crowd. One makes his or her way to the, to the Savior who is willing and well able to solve your problem. Are you desperate this morning for a miracle? Are you desperate for something for God to do for you? You've been praying, you've been praying, you've been fasting. Are you desperate? Are you making your way to God regardless of who's looking or who's not looking? You got to be desperate for a miracle. This woman was desperate for a miracle. She did not care who was, who was looking. She did not care the size of the crowd. All she cared about, she needed a miracle from God. Do you need a miracle this morning? Do you need a miracle for your circumstances? Do you want God to, to heal you? Do you want God to do something for you? You got to be desperate for, for God to do something for you. And this woman was desperate for a miracle. I don't know about you, but sometimes just an ordinary prayer will not do. Sometimes you, 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 you got you to cry out to God. Sometimes you, you, you got to move past tradition and do something crazy and something unusual for God to hear your prayer. This woman moved past tradition. Uh, can you see that this woman did not meet Jesus in the church? The Bible says she met Jesus on the streets. Jesus was walking, going to Jairus' house to perform a miracle. And this woman interrupted Jesus while on his way to Jairus' house. Sometimes we, we, we want to wait for a miracle to happen in the church. But miracle can happen any place and any time and anywhere. Miracle has no, no, no limitation. When God wants to work in your life, it has no limitation. Whether you're in the church or you're out of the church, God can meet you at the point of your needs. The Bible said Jesus met this woman on the dusty streets of Jerusalem. Sometimes we are stuck in our mind. We box God into a low box and think God operates according to our plan. God has no limitation. He operates whenever he feels he can operate. And so, this morning, I just want to encourage you to know that no matter what your circumstances of life, there is a man called Jesus. The Bible says that he was nailed on the cross and he was put in the tomb. On the third day he rose. David, David said, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Are you desperate this morning to meet Jesus? Are you desperate for Jesus to answer that prayer you've been praying for long? Are you desperate? You got to be desperate like this woman. She tried everything else that she could, but nothing brought her the kind of healing she wanted until she had an encounter with God. I don't know about you, but you got to have an encounter with God. You got to know that he is able to do what you ask him to do. You got to understand that God has no limitation. It doesn't matter how long you struggle with, 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 with the problem. It doesn't matter how long you've been struggling. It doesn't matter 
What matters is that if you cry out to God, he is able to hear and to heal your body. All over this building, let us stand on our feet.